Hi, I'm George Techmanjub here with Steve the Big Cat Anderson for another Easton Target Archery Podcast. And today, Steve, it's big news. Big news for you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hey, it looks like finally, after all these years, um, we are finally going to have an opportunity to see compound bow in the Olympic Games if everything, if all the stars align. World Archery has gone ahead and made a recommendation to uh, IOC that will, if it goes through, have us see an indoor round at the Los Angeles Olympic Games of 2028. This is a huge development, potentially. Yeah, so they've formally submitted for that to happen, correct? Right, exactly. So, so going through all the procedures and processes, over the years, what they've had to do is um, line things up with the Los Angeles Organizing Committee, because that's where it really has to come from. They've had to line things up with IOC. They've had to do a lot of work behind the scenes to get the political and the financial situation looking good. The progress that's been made with Olympic recurve archery has opened the door to this opportunity for compound. And I believe, Steve, this is going to lead to an explosion of interest in compound in places where we have not seen it before, if this goes through. And we will know that by 2024. So following Paris games, they'll yeah. have they'll they'll start selecting these things. So this would be almost like a we call it like a demonstration event, like skateboarding and surfing. No, it's a medal event. But it okay. Well, it award a medal, but it's like a selected event for for those LA. games. Correct? And then maybe they'd carry it over to the next one. But the you know the reality is there's a lot of things to overcome. There's a cap on how many athletes can be at the Olympic Games. So this would be a limited thing. You're not going to have 64 men and 64 women in this one. You're going to maybe have 32 total. It could even be an open event. And, you know, there's so many more things that, that could happen between now and then. But right now, I, I personally, I think this is pretty exciting stuff. It's very exciting. Um, looking at it <clears throat> from from my point of view now, where I'm, I'm probably not going to be competing at that point, but it's one of those scenarios where, if that goes through, I think like it's going to be interesting what happens with compound archery because if they plan to shoot it at 18 meters, I wonder if they're they're probably going to go through a number. If it works out, they'll probably spend the years prior going through a number of iterations on what that round could look like, exactly. making sure it's Olympic ready. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see like arrow restrictions making them even smaller than 23. Could be. Could be inside-out yeah. scoring. <clears throat> Who knows? We don't know any of that right now, and neither do either of the two people that we're about to talk to, Rod Menzer from USA Archery and Tom Dillon from World Archery. A special guest today from the United States Archery Association, the NAA, Rod Menzer, the CEO of USA Archery. Hey, Rod, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, George. Rod, uh, big news, uh, maybe the biggest news in our careers, and that is that Compound is now officially, I mean, we've known this was going to happen, but now it's official, being considered for inclusion alongside the current recurve events for the Los Angeles 2028 Olympic Games, a short six years away. This is huge. Absolutely. Definitely um, something we've been waiting for. Yeah. Now, the proposal is interesting, and we'll get into that, but 30,000-foot um, view, more archery, better, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I think anytime we can expand the footprint of archery in the Olympic Games is a great thing, more medal opportunities, um, you know, and, and we all know that Compound continues to grow, and for, for good reasons. Um, you know, it's so much easier to, to shoot and uh, it just opens up the doors for so many more. And so I think anything that we can include in the games is a good thing. You know, if we can get compound in there, that's wonderful. Now, you know, not to not to belabor this issue or differ with what you just said. You're right. Compound is easier to shoot recreationally. It's easier <laughs> yes. to shoot at yes. an enjoyable <laughs> at an enjoyable level. Right. Yes. 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 Um, as far as winning with it, yeah, um, that's it the rub. Is, yeah, it is tight. There is no room for error. And um, hey, I'm a recurve guy, Rod, and I will <laughs> tell you, I will. I honestly believe winning with a compound in the current climate is mentally tougher than winning with a recurve. I really believe that. I I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I, I there are so many 
phenomenal shooters with a compound. Um, there is just no room for error. Again, it's it's just the nature of that beast. Um, you know, recurve again, incredible shooters, right? And and just it's a different game, though. It's just a completely different game. Yeah, but you're and, in a good position to talk about this because you were a yeah. world level recurve shooter yep. and a world champion compound shooter. Yeah. Um, yeah. which puts you on a very short list of people. And I'll say that, uh, you know, neither of us is anti-compound or pro-recurve no. in, in, a, in a rabid way. Yeah. Um, you know, you could look at me from 30 years ago and it'd be, a, it'd be a different story 30 years ago for me personally, but, but for sure, yeah. I, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, you know it, was, it was very different back then, but I, I literally am pro-archery. I think, I think whatever people shoot is great as long as yeah. you shoot the bow and arrow. And, Absolutely. And that, that's, that's the big thing. But it is, that game is very difficult and it is a mental grind because there literally is no room for error. The, the shooters, I, I, I'm in awe on the recurve side of what they can do with a recurve bow at 70 meters. Um, it, it blows my mind as a former shooter shooting, you know, shooting that distance. It, it is amazing how good they are. Oh yeah. But they, they have room for error, right? They can right. miss the 10 even in a gold medal match and um, you know, possibly win. Right. Where. Yeah. We've seen plenty of Olympic gold medalists nine their opponent to death. Yeah, Sebastian yeah. Sebastian Flute shot almost all nines in Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. And and uh you know, Kibo Bay, one of yeah. the most renowned shooters of our era, won the Olympic Games with an eight. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and and, and to be honest, the conditions dictate all that, right? Um yeah. of of you know what what happens, you know, what's the wind doing and all that. So you know, this game that that we're looking at for compound um, in the Olympic Games, um, the, the main proposal is indoor and, yeah, and there is and no the, wind. It's the mentally, <laughs> I'm going to say this right now, it's the mentally toughest yeah. piece of archery there is. No indoor question. compound, 18 meters yeah. on that dime-sized 10 ring. Yeah. And that is, that is clearly... Uh, the direction that has been chosen for this particular competition. Very differentiated, clearly yep. differentiating compound and recurve. You could not have uh, greater differentiation while still being completely inclusive of everybody that shoots a compound bow. Yeah. And, and I will say, I mean, I had a, a conversation with the LA 2028 folks uh, last week. Um, it was on... Friday morning, I want to say. And, um, we, you know, we talked about that. We were talking about World Cups and different things. And then we were talking about uh, compound in the games. And, and, and it was, the, you know, the gentlemen who they're responsible for this decision, you know, in a sense of they're leading that. And, you know, they had mentioned that they had talked with World Archery the week prior. And I know I had sent um, some information to Tom and, and um, to, to try and, um, you know, get him what he needed to, to make that pitch to the um, LA 2028 and the IOC. So it, it's, it's a good thing. But the, in that conversation, you know, they, they were very surprised on how popular compound is in the United States. Um, yeah. You know, so that, that was, a, a, you know, an important thing for them um, in understanding really how, how big compound archery really is in the United States. So yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that that's going to, um, you know, make a, make a big difference. And uh, sorry, I've got my uh, office assistant I hear upstairs. It's, um, it's very good. We, we enjoy office assistants. Right? <laughs> Something must be outside. So probably they're a doing squirrel. A, they're doing a good job. <laughs> Rod, the, uh, the, the thing is that we have to have three things to make compound acceptable as an Olympic sport. Yeah. We have to have universality, which means all the continents have to have it. Yes. We have to have gender equity and gender equality. We've achieved arguably all three of those goals in the past four years. Correct. Correct. It, it you know, in the United States, one thing that I'm pretty proud of for USA Archery is every single thing that we do, uh, we have equality in it um, from our prize money to our teams, how many women, how many men, um, you know, our prize money is not where we would all like it to be. Um, but no, but it's the same. We are sending teams. We're funding teams, you know, um, throughout the world, and we're yeah, we're 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 putting you know 
we're putting that money out there to make sure that we do not differentiate between men and women. And we've done it for a long time. Matter of fact, uh, we have won, I think now four years in a row, the, the, um, the award from world archery for just that, you know, yeah. equity. Um, yeah. so it is something that is really important for us and we've done a really, really good job of it. And, and one of the most powerful things that I see coming from that, you know, archery in general has somewhere around a 37% for, for competitive archery, 37% female. Okay. That's from some statistics that we got, uh, through the U S fish and wildlife and, and some other surveys that were done. It usually hangs right around that area. Well, USA Archery for 18 and under, we're 49% female. And that makes up, you know, almost 10,000 members of USA Archery. Half, so, yeah. so having, you know, equity, gender equity, it's there. Um, and we are, you know, we're seeing that, you know, the guys and the girls wanting to compete. And, and I'll tell you right now, there are some women compounders out there who I do not want to shoot against. Oh, no. I mean, just I do not want to shoot against them. No. And, you know, a reflection of this is things like the Vegas shoot, having it be open for the championship. Right. Right. Any, anybody can sign up for that. And um, it you know, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or a para. Um, you know, we have seen, um, you know, people from all over the board able to compete at that at that level. Yeah. And that's 18 meter archery. And basically, Absolutely. I know it's 20 yards in Vegas, but, you know, it's yep. the same kind of thing. So. And there's no question in my mind, having participated in the presentation side of this, that we can make this a super compelling event, regardless of what format is ultimately chosen in terms of right. how it's shot. It can be super compelling for television and an audience. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things being considered, George, is an open division. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah. means men and women competing together against yeah. each other yeah and, and maybe some parachuters in there too i mean there's absolutely. plenty of there's just there's plenty of parachuters who are completely competitive <laughs> yes. at 18 meters indoors absolutely absolutely Matt, so, matt stutzman prominent among them but there are several others yes one of the things that you know i think people really need to understand is the the olympic games has a very firm 10,500 participant number the cap. Yeah. Yep. That's a cap. So anytime you're adding a sport and I mean, they're, they're all into new metal opportunities with the same amount of athletes. Right. Um, so new, new, anything, you know, that's why um, mixed team was something that went over just exactly. Fine. It's so easy. It's wonderful. They want that, you know, that's, that's the thing that they really want. But anytime you're going to be adding something like say compound, right. There's going to be a trade-off and where's that trade-off going to come from? And that's the thing we just don't know. And we're not the only sport. I mean, they're looking at, I mean, there's 20 sports right now, I believe that are vying for, for some, um, you know, for literally inclusion. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you just don't know how things are going to play out. And, but I, I think that anything that we can do to, to add compound and keep recurve, obviously, and I don't think there's any danger of recurve going away. That's for sure. Get that straight, right? Yeah, um, for absolutely. anybody who's out there, they're not going to switch out one for the other. Um, but there could be some adjustments to the recurve. You know, you yeah, it's know. possible. We don't yeah. know what it is right now, but I'll, I'll say this. If we have the opportunity, we should take that opportunity. And, yes. Yes. you know, it's good for all archery to have more opportunity in the games and right. the other thing is that an indoor event does not add any cost which is a big deal to the ioc right because you've already got a venue and that's the air rifle venue yes yes that's one venue and then there's there's potentially others so yes and, and this format is a much shorter um you know game that they're looking at here it'd be a three-day uh, event uh, currently as as envisioned right it'd be right. basically Ex yeah exactly Yep. So not a lot of cost, not a lot of extra volunteers needed. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, the the infrastructure for presentation is already going to be there because you have a facility right. already for another sport. I mentioned air rifle. You're mentioning there's others. For yep. sure, all of those have the cameras, the technicians, the cables yep. laid in, exactly. you know, the, the lighting, all that stuff already exists. Not, not a dollar has to be spent to add technology to make this thing work. And so, you know, that's an attractive option, whereas some of uh, bringing in another sport 
could very yeah. well mean millions of dollars have to be spent for venues and yes. for infrastructure, for technology, for officials, all of that stuff. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, we can do an indoor event on a, on a shoestring budget relative to what is needed for an Olympic sport. Exactly. So to me, I really think there's a, a, a very good chance. I think, I think we're definitely sitting on the, uh, uh, on the upside, shall we say, um, for sports that are looking to, to expand in, in LA 2028, just because of that. It, and so, you know, I, I'm excited about that potential and the opportunity. I think this is the best opportunity that we have uh, to get compound included, um, you know, and, and we've kind of been waiting for the right opportunity. And this one's definitely sitting right there. So hopefully I know, I know Tom uh, is doing a great job at world archery in, in trying to, uh, you know, make this case. And um, again, in my conversations with the folks at LA 2028, you know, they're definitely, um, they're definitely paying attention. So it's a good thing. Very good I'm hoping thing. that this is an auspicious year because this year, Rod, is the 50th anniversary of the return of archery to the Olympic Games back in yeah. 1972 when John Williams and Doreen Wilbur, John at the time from California and Doreen at the time from Iowa, uh, won the Munich Olympic Games, the first modern Olympic champions. It yeah. came from the United States. Archery yeah. is going to come back to Los Angeles, uh, where we had it in 1984, in 2028. So that's another you know, kind of a, a round number from an anniversary standpoint. Right. The, the sport deserves greater exposure. We've done Absolutely. everything over the years with Jim Easton's leadership in 1992. We created a round that the IOC has come to really love and appreciate. And, um, you know, television viewers around the world, uh, you get a lot of shrieking when they don't have easy access to a, right. a live feed or what, <laughs> if they don't realize that they have easy access. I mean, it's super easy, but you know, it's, it's uh, now people really demand it and want it. And to have another opportunity for another form of our sport to be shown to the world mm -hmm. is huge. And, um, yeah. you know, here's the other thing, Rod, and, and not, to, not to, you know, shriek the bald eagle too hard here, but we're pretty good at this stuff in the United States. <laughs> we are. We are. Um, I guarantee you, guarantee you, that if compound is added to the Olympic games, it will be harder to make the U S compound team than it will be to win that gold medal. I completely agree. You're absolutely right. Um, that said, as you know, George, um, the world is there with compound archery. Yes. I mean, there are phenomenal shooters right now in every single part of the world and it's every because single of continental um, yes, and, and the Asian Games, the European Games, the Pan American Games, the World Games, the World everywhere. University Games, everything has compound in it. And good this is the, compound yes, shooters. The top compound shooters, the Sarah yes. Lopez's, the Mike Schlusers, the yep. Jesse Broadwaters, you know, you name them, yep. and, and they're in there. And wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if Brady Ellison, for example, you know, <laughs> let's say that Brady decides to retire from recurve after Paris, wouldn't it be cool for him to come back with a compound? Yeah, I'll I'll just haunt him if he retires after Paris. So just a thought. That. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know the other thing I think George that really again plays well for us is the great job that World Archery has done, and you touched on this already about as far as broadcast goes. Um, we World Archery has got broadcast partners everywhere in the world, and the. U.S., you know, all of the World Cups and World Championships, and those things are broadcast and in most cases live everywhere in the world. You know, so that is something that is, I think, somewhat unique to archery and compound archery today um, with world archery compared to a lot of other sports. And, you know, there's a lot of other sports who may have broadcast here in the United States, or maybe there's some in Europe and the United States, but World Archery has broadcast partners throughout the world and they um, they do a great job and they get really good reviews and, and really good uh, viewership. And I think those things are, are things that LA 2028 is definitely looking at. So yes, um, absolutely true. And you know we'll be talking with Tom Dillon a little more about the nuts and bolts of that situation. But yeah. I'll tell you, um, 
when you see Brady Ellison and Casey Coffold winning that yeah. mixed team match this past weekend. Yes. And, and the image they present for our sport. Yes. Can you ask, are you not entertained? And can you not ask for anything more? I mean, that is just yep. the epitome of what we've been working toward with both mixed yeah. team and having, you know, the best shooters in the best position to win. What a great outcome uh, for the image of our sport, having Casey and Brady win that mixed team. Exactly. Hey, if you have not seen that, anybody who's going to listen to this um, or listening to this, I should say, go to the Olympic channel, go, you know, pick a sport archery, uh, follow it. So you're always getting updates and you're there, but it's it's right there. Watch it. It it's, it's great. And the emotion and the excitement um, was there and I could not be happier for Casey and you could see Brady um, on how, you know, this was a big deal and you know, it was a big deal for her. And, and because of that, it was a really big deal for him. Yes. And, and it, it, it was just, I don't know, it's outstanding. And, you know, and Casey is just continuing to get better. Um, you know, she's such a wonderful young lady. Um, I mean, you just, you, you can't beat the quality of people that you have right there with Brady and Casey. I mean, honestly, you know, super top notch. And to see them do that um, was, you know, it warmed my heart and brought a tear to my eye, to be honest. I was, oh, I yeah. was really, Absolutely. really stoked. <laughs> and, you know, it was well worth great... getting up early to watch. We're seeing wonderful things out of other countries as well. Um, yes. And, you know, Germany, here's an interesting fun fact for both, yeah. probably you know this already, but for you and for our listeners, uh, what would ordinarily be the answer if you ask the question, what country has the most world archery shooters? Normally, uh, the answer would be France. Yes. Not anymore. Germany has more. And that is amazing, right? It is totally amazing. And when you count um, Germany and Austria, that means there are more German-speaking world archery athletes than in any other group. And well, I think and that's fascinating. That's really yeah. great. And you're really seeing with that growth in Germany, right? Look at their performance. Yeah, the women's uh, team won bronze. <laughs> um, you know, the women's recurve team. Um, we're seeing huge things out of Michelle Kropen and Charlene Schwartz and Katharina Bauer. Um, yeah. You know, and they're getting great support. We're also seeing good stuff from the men like Florian Unruh. Uh, and, you know, we're not here to talk about the German team per se. Obviously, you're the nope. USA guy, but... You know, at the end of the day, we're seeing this kind of growth in every country around the world. We're seeing great performances from Turkey after being ignited by Mete Gazos. And Absolutely. Turkey's been doing great with compound over yep. the past few years. Yeah, we're Spain, seeing France, France, France doing yep. so well on their home soil. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the USA men grabbing third place themselves in the team round. And, and that's a great thing. Second. And of course, yeah. Yeah. And Korea. <laughs> oh, third on the on compound third. Yes. Yeah. Yep, and and sure. Korea, yeah. you know, um, you're looking yes. at, uh, you know, huge things out of Korea. Korea took, by the way, the Korean men took the men's team world record away from Steve Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got a text. I got a text from Steve. He's like, uh, they took my they took my record, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but great for them. Yeah, it shows what training does, right? You know, we they made an announcement um, uh, early this year um, that they were going to be training compound team, full compound men and women's team, right? They did. At they put center. us all on notice. And in fact, um, and, I'm, I'm working with them a little bit on some of that stuff. Forgive me. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. you know, I mean, it's they're doing a great job. They really are, Rod. <laughs> they, they are. And, you know, it that, you know, you look at, our archers here, right? Our compound archers here, and and they train hard. Um, they they're practicing all the time. They're doing what they need to be doing, and that's what it takes to win nowadays. And and with with some countries actually taking the opportunity to to start training heavier into compound and putting more resources to compound. Yeah, uh, we're going to see more of that. Yeah, and of course we also saw Ella Gibson continuing her run. She's had a great year. Uh, the archer from GDR. Oh my goodness, she's shooting good. Yes. Yeah, and uh, you know what made me happy was to see a really nice guy from France, Nicholas Girard, 
uh, win that compound men's individual gold. He is, he is yeah. a guy that did not make the French national team. So yeah. he doubled down, worked hard, and there he is on top of the podium in Paris for France. Yeah, and, and well, look at the recurve side. Yeah, the men. Yeah, somewhat similar, right? Where you, right. you know you have you have somebody you know from um, Damour. Uh, how do you pronounce his name, George? Well, you got Marcus de Almeida from Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Um, yeah. Yes, and you know claiming he, gold the hardest way, right? Because he beat Ojin Hyuk, and he had yeah. to beat Little Kim, Kim de Jok, yeah. uh, to try to you know get past those didn't guys. He, now he's he, got his. Didn't he also have to beat Meta? I believe you might be right. I gotta check yeah, that. I think he had to run the gamut. And, yeah. and you could see again, what did that mean to him, right? Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, yeah. I, 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 again, this sport is so awesome. It, you know, it, he's a guy who uh, emerged before the Rio Olympic Games. You know, as Brazil yeah. worked hard during that period before the Games in Rio in 2016, Marcus was kind of their, their star. And, you know, it didn't pay off all that much for him in, in Rio, but here he is. And, you know, he did really well in Yankton last year, too. Let's yes. remember that. And, yep. uh, and there he is. He beat the legend, Ojin Hyuk. He beat Kim Jaduk. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing that yeah. he was able to do those things. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's got lots of silver medals, you know, second place <laughs> at Yankton last year. But this yeah. has got to be special. Yeah, you, know, you you could see it with all the photos and everything, and then of course when he won, I mean he was oh yeah he was pretty stoked. It was fun, so fun to watch. Absolutely. So, what's the takeaway here? The takeaway is everything's been elevated across the world. USA yeah. Archery working to keep up and continue to provide leadership in that area, but it's a tougher game for everybody, and yes. the higher tide is raising all boats. Yes, and. The payoff may very well be, Rod, that we will see an indoor compound event at the Games of Los Angeles of 2028. I am excited about that prospect. I know you are. And I hope that everybody listening to this realizes that is not taking anything away from anybody to be able to add compound archery to the program of the Games. It, at Correct. the end of the day, we all win from something like this. Absolutely. And and what I will say to anybody who's really wanting to see this happen, um, go see if there are still tickets for the World Games for the compound and make sure that those stands are full and loud yeah, and let's, cheering let's, uh, for USA. So go, uh, you can go to our website, usaarchery.org, and um, literally you get a link. You can go and you can buy the tickets for the World Games or just Google World Games, right? And buy archery tickets and and show up and let's make sure that those stands are full, they're loud, they're it's exciting um, because the best in the world will be there um, shooting, you know. Their, yeah, their the Mike Schlusers and the Sarah Lopez's yep. and, yep. you know, some of our best shooters and the Absolutely. best shooters from a lot of other countries are going to be in Birmingham, Alabama next month. Yes. You can go to the USA Archery website or you can go directly to um, TWG2022, the World Games 2022, TWG2022, in order to get information on getting tickets, which are available through Ticketmaster. And those are not expensive tickets. And no. it's your only chance this year to see target compound 50-meter archery with the very best shooters in the world. Later in the year, we'll have a chance to see them shooting field archery in Yankton, but you're not going to have a seat like this for, for that kind of action. It's going to be huge. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for anybody who has never been to an event like that, of that size, if you weren't in Yankton last year, if, if you haven't, if you like archery, you owe it to yourself to go to this You've got a passion. You, if you want to fire your belly to come back home and work even harder and practice even harder, go. Go to that event, watch, and you're going to come away fired up and you're going to work even harder and it'll make you a better archer watching those shooters shoot and, and yeah. just being in that environment. So um, I'll be there. I look forward to seeing some, some you know massive American support there, flags everywhere. Um, this is home field turf. And let's make sure that, um, you know, that we, uh, we take home the uh, hardware. Absolutely. And, it, and these athletes deserve it. These athletes yes. deserve to have you sitting in the stands cheering for them, folks. 
Uh, if you I'm, can, if you can find yeah. any way to get there, this is the premier event between now and quite frankly, um, for the foreseeable future in the United yeah. States. Yeah, th this event will have a big bearing on LA 2028 and their picks. I'm just telling you. Yeah, um, that's, I was going to bring they that up. You attention. Know, IOC so. is paying attention specifically yes. Yes. to, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you. That's where new sports are, right, George? Yeah, that aren't it, the is. Olympics. it is. So. It is. It, it is where every sport wants to have their showcase, their moment to shine for the IOC. The World Games, the purpose of the World Games is to give non-Olympic sports a shot at being included in a future Olympic Games. So when you and I shot in World Games, Rod, it was field archery for yes. us recurve guys. Yes. And we got to shoot with the compounds. We got to shoot a team round with compound, bare yeah. bow, and recurve. Yeah. Um, that is something that uh, is a showcase. Now, in the last two iterations of the World Games, we've separated out compound. It becomes target compound. Yep. And we have field archery for recurve and bare bow. Yes. And that's also available, by the way, for tickets yes. for the field archery. And uh, if you have an interest, but I, I got to tell you, if you want something that's easy to watch and easy to follow, uh, the target exciting. event is the one to go see. Absolutely. And exciting, like incredibly exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. This is an exciting thing, an exciting time. The 50th anniversary of our sport back in the modern games, Rod. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, USA is in as good a position as any country, arguably in the best position to take advantage of the possibility of having an indoor compound archery event at our own Olympic games. Yes. Rod, I want and to thank you for, <laughs> for everything you've been doing on this. I, I know there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that, you know, we haven't talked about that you and your partners at USOPC and um, your entire staff, it's the culmination of a lot of hard work that a lot of people will never know about. So personally take it as, as a thank you from me, because I know some idea of what goes on behind the scenes to make something like this happen. No problem, George, and thank you for that. Um, but this is exciting. And um, I have my fingers crossed, my toes crossed. <laughs> um, and show up everybody to World Games. Um, let's show the IOC, let's show LA 2028, the excitement around compound archery here in the United States. Yep. And um, I'm not going to put too fine a point on it, folks. If you want to see this happen in Los Angeles, yep. we need butts in seats in Birmingham. That's yes. it. Bottom line. Yep. Yep. So. That is a fact. So let's let's make it happen. And um, I look forward to seeing everybody there. I really do. Um, bring your flags. Bring your voices. Go home horse. Um, I usually do. Um, you know, I will be the I will be the person that. I may be in the VIP section because of the Birmingham folks um, invited me there, but I will definitely be the loudest person in the VIP section. I promise you that. And I don't hold it back as George very well knows. <laughs> I do indeed. I appreciate that about you, Rod. You know, you were, you were in the audience with the, uh, with the athletes in, uh, in Korea. And I, uh, I definitely heard you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't care if people, uh, you know, if everybody else looks at me strange, I am going to be loud and proud for the um, American archers at all times. And Nothing wrong with being America's leading cheerleader, my friend. <laughs> I love it. So it's a good we thing. Do, we all do. Thank you very much, Rod, for taking the time to join us on the podcast today. My pleasure, George. Thank you. And now joining us on the podcast is the Secretary General of World Archery, one of the busier men of the, of the past couple of weeks in the sport of archery, Mr. Tom Dillon. Thanks for talking to us from your office in Lausanne, Switzerland, Tom. Pleasure as always, George. Well, Tom, as, uh, as we were discussing a little earlier with Rod Menzer from USA Archery, um, huge news coming from your office uh, this past week with Compound officially being you know, considered for inclusion alongside the current recurve events for LA 2028. And while that is six years away, it's really in the next two years, I think, that the most critical aspects of this proposal will come into play. Is that, is that so? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, basically it's, it's a, it's a multi-step process as such. The first decision uh, will be taken uh, early next year, uh, in the first trimester of next year. Uh, but before that, there will already be some other steps uh, on the way. 
Uh, and at the moment, we're really talking about inclusion, yes or no. We're not talking yet about how many athletes, how many medals. Uh, that's the second step that will only take place in 2025. So it is a, a multi-step process. And, uh, but it's, of course, very important that we are, uh, I would say, doing everything we can to put it in a positive light. And, uh, for instance, with the World Games coming up, uh, if we have full stands and people uh, making a very good show, that will only help the whole process. Yeah, that's a point that uh, Rod made as well, and one that we've been making uh, for several weeks now on the podcast, as well as in Easton's social media. We really want to see uh, as many people in those stands um, to cheer for those athletes as possible. It's it's more important than just the World Games event. It has influence that goes beyond those things. But we've talked about that quite a bit. The, the question really comes up um, about the round itself um, and why that was chosen. And I, I think I have a little bit of inside baseball about some aspects of it, Tom. First uh, off, I think one of the things it does for us is it gives us a venue that already exists. Absolutely. And, and I think we, we had a discussion on a previous podcast on, on the, the, the possibility at that time of, of looking at Compound for the Future. And we made it very clear is that for it to have a good chance, uh, as far as I know now, there is around 20 applications for new uh, disciplines from existing Olympic sports. Um, and um, to have a chance, we need to have a good fit with the strategy of LA 2028. And when I say good fit, uh, that meant that we had to find solutions for things like costs, venues, uh, implications for, for, I would say, spectators, for judges, and for many things. So we looked at basically three options. We discussed them with LA, and it was clear that uh, their initial feedback was, okay, go with indoor for the moment. And it's not completely out of question that if indoor doesn't work, that we could not try in a second attempt with outdoor because outdoor would be considered as a new event rather than a new discipline because it has the same field of play as the recurve competition. However, for the moment, we're putting 200% behind uh, indoor. And also we think indoor has a better chance of being accepted by LA 2028 because of the very strong indoor circuit that is happening every year in the US, uh, because it's also different enough from the recurve discipline. And um, it is uh, also an option uh, that we could have an open competition. If we have to be really careful about the number of athletes, we could even imagine an open competition, which outdoor would be more difficult. Right. So there is there is several options why we did it. And then there is the other thing you mentioned, the venue. So we are really uh, going forward with this proposal by using the finals venue of the shooting venue, which isn't used the second week of the Olympic Games, which means that the actual cost of doing it is very, very low because basically you're looking at the cost of target faces, maybe some small adaptations of the lights in the hole, but even that one, as far as we know, there is plenty of lights in that hole. And then for the rest is broadcasting it, selling tickets uh, and having spectator services. So uh, we, we, we have a really, really good proposal uh, from uh, an economic impact point of view. And that's an important point. The other important points are that indoor archery has the same level of universality, gender equality, and gender equity that our outdoor recurve sport has. Um, and, you know, that's a big accomplishment that's taken place mostly in the last four years, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, we have to thank uh, all the players in, in this game, uh, especially our organizers of our Indoor World Series, uh, I'm thinking of, of uh, Nîmes with uh, Olivier Grilla, and of course, uh, Bruce Cull uh, with Vegas. Uh, and, and I think this, this is helping for sure to make this incredible proposal. And uh, we, we are convinced that uh, if, if we go that way, okay, I, I, saw, I saw some comments that said, oh, but we don't shoot indoor uh, 18 meters in our country. Well. Well, first of all, we, we, I'm not sure if we were forethinking this, this, this step at that time, but you can shoot under our rules now also 80 meters outdoors. So that's not a, 
anything that should stop people. Yeah, and in fact, we had very good turnout for the, uh, you know, the sort of the, uh, the remote pandemic indoor event in places like Malaysia. They were shooting outdoors and, and scoring quite well. Absolutely. So it seems, Tom, that, uh, you know, with the inauguration of Compound at the World Archery Championship in 1995, and um, that's for the outdoor, and going all the way back a couple of years before that in Ulu, Finland for the indoor. Um, finally, we're bringing compound on full parity with the Olympic sport of recurve, if this works out. What demographic or participation shift would you guess at? Because of course we have no crystal ball, we don't know what it would lead to, but you know, I've, I'm seeing people already complaining or suggesting that oh, this will destroy recurve. And I don't see it that way at all, but I'd like to get your take on this. First of all, this proposal is very clear, a proposal that is not against recurve in any way. And one of the things that made very clear in the meeting I had with both IOC and with LA 2028 is that one of the strengths of our recurve competition is the universality. And we don't want to put a jeopardy that universality. Also, we have a good product as clearly shown by Tokyo 2021. So my message to recurve athletes that are listening to this podcast, do not worry, it is not the end of recurve. Absolutely not. It actually will enhance the reputation of recurve as well as the one of compound. And I think this is important message to get across. Uh, also, the number of athletes we will have in compound will be for sure less in LA than recurve. We are uh, not looking at uh, 64 men and 64 women. Let's be very clear on that. Um, we are looking at much lower numbers, which will make it very hard to qualify for the, the Olympics in compound, but it will be um, a first step to increasing for the future. That's clear. But we have to be realistic as well. And uh, we have, for instance, Europe in the European games, in the Pan-American games, in the Asian games, we have compound, but with lower numbers than recurve. And, and this is, I, no one uh, complained about the introduction of compound in those three games and that it would destroy the recurve. On the exactly. contrary, it helped uh, to increase the profile of archery in those games and therefore also the recurve competition. Yeah, we all benefit no matter whether we're shooting compound, recurve, or even barebow, we all benefit from more archery in the Olympic Games. We all benefit from more medals for recurve, like when mixed team was at it. We all benefit from the opportunity that this will give us. Higher tide raises all boats. And I hope that everybody understands this is not going to take anything away from the existing sport. It is only going to enhance it because it'll increase potential cash flow to WA, It'll increase, I, mean, I, I hate to put it that way, but that's the reality. It will increase uh, the I, level sorry, of our I'm Sorry sport. to disagree on that, George, but unfortunately, we will, as well, actually, we will not get one single dollar more because we have compound as well. Uh, so actually, on well, that maybe, side, maybe uh, it will sponsors. bring us more money. <laughs> maybe you'll see more sponsorships, Tom. Maybe some that companies out there. That hopefully will be might... the case. But I would say in terms of Olympic revenues, it will not change us one single dollar. Okay, your point's extremely fair. However, I will point out that I think that this will certainly uh, give you more opportunities, both for the endemic and particularly the non-endemic part of our sport because of Compound's wide uh, appeal in the general public, uh, particularly here in the United States, where we have literally millions of Compound participants. Even a bow hunter on some level will probably be able to relate a little better to what they see in LA 2028, if this comes to pass, than what they see on a recurve field. So not to, not to argue with you, but I, I think this is a great opportunity. No, no, it's, it's clear that, that I would say the, the, the long-term impact uh, also on a financial uh, thing is, is, is going to be important, but not uh, from direct Olympic revenues. I want to just to be clear on that. Because... Yes, and, and your, your, your point is very well made. I, I did not mean to imply it was going to come from, you know, the Olympic Games so much as, you know, the potential for that pebble in the pond to ripple into other areas that we haven't seen in our sport so much before. I mean, there's a, there's a reason why some of the big manufacturers uh, have not gotten on board with WA, and it's because they're totally compound focused. 
And this could give them an additional incentive to participate in supporting our sport. But that's obviously not the reason you're doing it. The reason it's being done. No, no, no. Is... We, we, we're, we're doing it really to, like you said, uh, we, we really would like, as we've been doing in all our events, uh, have, have, have equal, I would say, opportunities for, for recurring compound archers. And uh, we, we strongly believe there should be a balance in prize money, in gender uh, prize money, uh, and so on. So we, we strongly believe in that. And uh, I, I have as much respect for the performances of Sarah Lopez and Mike Schlesser as, as the ones of uh, Kim Mojin, uh, or uh, Brady Allison or uh, Deepika Kumari. They're all top athletes. And, and, and I, I always use the same analogy when I present, and I actually used it for LA 2028 as well. I showed them a picture of uh, Sergei Bubka and Sotomayor, and I said, who is the best athlete between those two, two people going over a bar at a certain height? And that's exactly what we have. We have compound that is the pole vault and high jumping, which is the recurve. And it's yeah. two absolute good athletics disciplines, and we have two excellent bow disciplines. We have uh, another thing that uh, is something to consider, and that is that some of the people who are behind the LA 2028 games could be said to possibly have an affinity, or at least a very good understanding of compound indoor archery. Uh, one of the principals running LA 2028 who came on board recently comes from shooting. And so on a certain level, uh, the thought is that maybe this person is going to have a, a better feeling about what compound is like and, and what the mental pressures are and appreciate it even more as a result. So hopefully that'll be a factor that runs in our favor. Look, uh, well, you're talking about Nico, the new sports director of, of LA 2028, and he's a double gold medalist in, in shooting. He knows all about uh, pressure and mental control. He actually was running a, a very successful refugee program in the World Archery Excellence Center in the lead up to Tokyo. So he knows very much archery as well. Uh, and um, we, we really look forward to working with him and the whole LA 2028 team to make this a success. Yeah. So I'm just pointing out that, you know, we've got some friends in high places in LA 2028 that Hopefully, we'll be sympathetic toward our cause. Well, Tom, speaking of uh, our cause, we had another fantastic event in Paris uh, this past week, uh, shifting our focus now to the indoor, or excuse me, shifting our focus now to the ongoing World Cup. We're now halfway through the outdoor World Cup season. We've had our events uh, in Turkey and in Korea, and now in France, Medellin, Colombia is coming up. Some big names hoping for big things in Medellin, but Paris was spectacular, and a couple of archers made history. We saw Marcus de Almeida finally reach the top of the podium after all of the promise he has shown, taking that silver medal in Yankton last year, all of the expectations that were put on him before Rio 2016, and a new shooter from Japan, a relatively new shooter from Japan, uh, Utano Agu of Japan, was able to take the women's gold. Uh, above a component, uh, an opponent from uh, Chinese Taipei. So it was a fantastic uh, event. We got to see uh, Brady Ellison and uh, Casey Coffold take the mixed team event. Compound event was great. We had uh, a, a French guy, Nicolas Girard, take the gold medal in the men's compound, which was great. We saw another great performance from Ella Gibson of GBR in the women's compound this year. She has really come on strong this season. All in all, a great showcase for our sport. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, a great uh, atmosphere. We, we were in a fantastic venue, uh, the, the Chateau de Vincennes, the Castle of Vincennes, which was the, the home of the, 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 the French king before they moved to Versailles. Uh, and uh, they, it was a fantastic place. Uh, we had great matches. Uh, you mentioned Nicolas Gerard. Well, He's the only one who has defeated in the World Cup uh, and in major events this year, Mike Schlosser. And it was in a shoot-off. And if you look at the pictures of the shoot-off, which we published, yeah, I saw it, it was a fraction of a millimeter between the two. Uh, both shot X's, but the one of Nicola was closer and that allowed him to go forward. And then he shot a 150 with seven X's in the semis. So really, really great result. Uh, Ella Gibson as well, fantastic shooting there. 
you mentioned um, Brady and Casey. That the expression on Casey's face when they won is fantastic, and uh, you can't see enough replays of that one. And yeah. then Marcus, uh, fantastic as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, really, I would say you saw that 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 energy that came out after his last shot, and and uh, I would say. All those, I would say, years of, of, of frustration basically were gone in a fraction of a second. Uh, and, uh, and okay, not only did he win, he won against two of the best in the world, uh, Kim Jedok and, uh, and Oji Niek. Yes. Uh, so he, he didn't have an easy pathway to the final. It was not that uh, his part of the, the match play table was easy. So fantastic uh, achievement by Marcus. Uh, another nice to see back in action was uh, Deepika Kumari, who hadn't been on the Indian team and uh, uh, really shot well with her team. Uh, so yeah, it was, was nice that they brought her it back. Was, uh, it was, uh, I would say, uh, people were expecting, especially after the ranking round, the, the typical results that you would expect, being Korea winning all of the recurve uh, medals. They were in pole position in all five events. And in the end, they won the men team. So I, you you can you can I would say discuss if it was uh, a little bit of bad luck or a little bit of I would say uh, things that the, the conditions or whatever. But I think also one of the factors that we need to consider is the fact that after Guangzhou and after they they had to go through the qualification process for for the Asian Games that having been announced that the Asian Games will not take place this year, you could probably see also a little bit of a slack of motivation or a drop of motivation uh, that made a difference because it's not that they lost by, by a lot of points. It was a question of shoot-offs and millimeters here and there. Uh, and But I think the, 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 the drive to win was a little bit missing with them. And... Uh, that, that could explain the results. And that's my personal opinion. That's not a, a qualified coach uh, opinion, but I think it, it might be a factor. No, I, I think I agree with you. I will say this, and, and, and this is for what it's worth. Got a text from Steve Anderson um, during the compound team round and uh, sort of uh, acknowledging something I had told him some time ago, watch out for Team Korea. Team Korea took the world record away from the USA men, uh, a record that had been set partly by Steve Anderson. And uh, if anything else tells you that Korea has arrived in compound, that's another indicator. Absolutely. I believe that, um, you know, Korea has made its intentions very clear. Now, the question is, um, you know, with, with indoor being the emphasis for the current Olympic bid from the standpoint of our effort, uh, what kind of shift might that create? Or what kind of training might they focus upon? But I think it's the same. I honestly do. I think whether you're shooting 50 meter outdoor compound or you're shooting indoor, yeah, the mental game comes more into play indoors, but the basics are still going to apply. Good tune, good mental game, good execution. And at the end of the day, uh, I can see a situation where there's a lot of dreams being made by this potential, Tom. Can't agree more. Well, Tom, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, I know it's late there in Switzerland, and I really appreciate you, uh, especially with the schedule you've been having lately, taking the time to join us here on the podcast. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again as we get more updates and as this tremendous initiative on the part of World Archery progresses. Pleasure as always, George, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. One of the people who has an interest in this uh, for obvious reasons is the man who runs the arguably preeminent compound target archery company in the world which also of course makes some of the preeminent target recurve bows in the world zach kurtzals president of hoyt here in salt lake city thanks for joining us my pleasure so zach you know the idea that more archery is a good thing is something that I think everybody I've spoken to about this subject can agree on. It's another showcase for our sport, regardless of whether there's wheels on the bow or it's recurve limbs. More archery is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think anytime we can increase the viewership, um, we can increase the breadth, you know, of the sport. Today, there's quite a bit of momentum, you know, 
in for all of the the different disciplines i mean there's lots of different um archery um disciplines out there and and we're starting to see more and more of that on television but um you know more is better in this case because there hasn't always been a lot of archery on tv and so i think the i think what the games the potential of the games does is it brings maybe some more legitimacy to the compound side from the from that viewership standpoint um it creates obviously the preeminent venue um regarded by athletes across the world so i don't know how i'm not sure how i could look at that as a as anything but a positive for for not just hoyt but for the entire industry when we look at the rise of countries that have traditionally been recurve powers like Korea, and we see that they just took a new world record away from Steve Anderson, by the way, um, for compound, that shows us that other countries that traditionally were recurve countries are taking compound bows seriously. It, it has really found its place alongside every other form of our sport in the last 30 years. Yeah, for sure. I think... Um you know, countries, Korea in particular, right? I mean, um, I don't think anybody would argue that uh, Korea is the top of the hill when it comes to uh, Olympic recurve archery. Um, they have a fantastic program. Um, they have fantastic coaching in place. And, and all of these things um, being available to their athletes with the system that they have makes them a major threat. And I think Korea, along with a lot of other countries, places a high level of importance on medals and so when compound archery ends up in the olympics should it end up in the olympics um you know they're certainly not going to turn a blind eye to that just because they've sort of um made their fame in the recurve world right um i think for sure uh, they'll be certainly a major threat uh, as they've already shown i mean they've they've spent time with the you know they've spent money they've spent time they've got coaching just in the last few years, and we've seen a huge rise in in the level at which they show up to these tournaments. So, when they put an effort in, it pays off. Certainly, uh, because they have a very organized manner of of coaching and training. I mean, they they set it up as a system, mm-hmm. and it may be that other countries may need to do the same thing. Here in the U.S., traditionally, our compound domination over the years has partly come from the fact that we've got a pretty big pool of compound shooters here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that Olympic compound is going to have a huge impact domestically, but I do see it having a big impact internationally. I think that places that haven't really looked at the compound seriously are now going to, and that's going to generate demand for uh, more and more bows from your company as well as others. Um, I think you're going to see uh, a growth in the sport. Um, what kind of things do you think need to be done to prepare for that on the part of mm. companies like yours, manufacturers? Well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, if there's growth in the sport, there's certain, we certainly have the capacity to grow in these spaces. So I, I don't think we see, you know, uh, I'm not sure it creates exponential growth because there is, it, it's not like, compound isn't already on the world stage right i mean we've got a a significant world cup circuit that um many many countries are taking part in and i think it would be foolish to believe that um that those countries wouldn't also be very much interested in the games um as most of them are with recurve teams so i'm not sure it creates a, a wave of demand that's in that the industry is incapable of handling um I'm sure it'll create more interest um, outside of those areas, but um, you know, like I said before, it's going to be good for the game, good for our game, good for the compound game, good for the, it'll be good for the recurve. It'll have it'll cross over as well as I think recurve crosses over to the compound side. Uh, so, yeah. With that said, I it'll certainly have an impact. We'll be able to handle it. I'm sure our competitors will be able to handle it. Um, yeah, bring it on. So right now, the um, preeminent advanced plan is to have an indoor round. And indoor archery has just as much challenge as any other form of our sport, but maybe even more in the mental side. As a guy who's accomplished a lot in target archery 
personally yourself and has shot at the highest levels. Um, do you think that having that Olympic aspect is going to put even more pressure on some people? Is that a possibility? <clears throat> it's a possibility. Um, gosh, it's, I can answer this question many different ways. The, the one that comes to my mind is, does it add pressure? It really just depends on whether or not that has been a major goal of the participant. You know, in the U.S., we have such a massive um, competitive, I, it's, I don't want to say a competitive advantage, but we have a lot of really great shooters that, um, you know, they just beat on each other every week. And so as these shooters have grown up and these, these age groups, these people have never really reached for an Olympic medal. It's never been on the goal sheet because it hasn't been available to them. So I think the reality of shooting for your country probably creates more pressure than the reality of shooting for your for a specific individual gold medal or what have you. Um, I think it's, if it becomes available, you will see um, a refocus of some of those people who have been dominant in the indoor areas within our country because those spots will become um, extremely coveted. Could be that uh, we'll see a shift. Right now, we have a cohort of shooters whose main goal is to win Vegas. We have a cohort of shooters whose goal may be to win the Indoor World Series. We have shooters whose goal may be to win uh, Reading. This could become that type of goal because it only comes along every four years. Those other goals will not reduce, I don't think. I think Vegas will still be important. Yeah, it becomes, I mean, I don't, you know, it becomes a major championship, right? As you think about how the golf world looks at, at their four majors. I mean, the majors in archery are field, indoor, and outdoor. Right. And so now you're kind of adding the fourth leg, but it's even more rare, right? As as they've added golf to the games. I mean, right. the golf gold medal is the rarest of the rare when you, if you look at it from a major standpoint. Right. So, yeah, I definitely think it's – I mean, it's certainly not going to be lacking in um, luster, so to speak. It's going to have plenty of praise and plenty of excitement around it. Yeah. Any advice that you might have to a young person listening right now who might want to look at that opportunity uh, as far as getting started in the sport? Any any thoughts you have as somebody who's had to do the same thing yourself over time? Yeah, I think in today's landscape, you know, a couple of things, you know, find a good club, um, find a good coach. And, um, the you know, the piece of the puzzle that I think is most often overlooked, especially in the indoor game, is is the mental piece. Um, archery is very much a mental discipline. It's not just a sport, it's also a discipline. And, and I think if you overlook practicing on, um, on your mental game, then it doesn't matter how good your physical game is because shooting at 18 meters, if that's the game, right? That's the game we know today as, a, as the indoor game. Shooting at 18 meters for 60 arrows and you don't get to miss a dime or you don't get to miss a quarter maybe, um, your mental game is extremely important. And so my advice for a, you know, for a young shooter is there's so much information out there. Seek out good opportunities. Domestically, we have um, – domestically in the United States, we have – there's a few really, really strong target-related um, businesses in you know and when you think about how you get into that the club is going to be a major piece of that but um, they're going to have to go through an archery shop right and so getting to know the local archery shop make sure you know it's it's really kind of a grassroots thing um, you know I, I didn't I didn't get into archery until I was in my in my 20s because it just had I, my friends, my peer group. They didn't play archery. Um, when I met my wife, or my soon-to-be wife, and her dad had an archery shop, and I fell in love with the game. But I was 21 years old, so it doesn't. I don't think it requires somebody to be, you know, in their youngest years. But you know, as we see today, these kids that start golf young, or they start, um, you know, pick a sport, um, they're. A force to be reckoned with yeah. when they when they get to their more when prime you see years. a kid like Bodie or you see a kid like Lico, yeah. you know, um, 
with that said, though, there is something to be said for maturity and a mental game that comes with that on some level. So one of the great equalizers, I think, of our sport is that indoor 18-meter round can be shot by anybody, which is one reason why the possibility of an open competition is being contemplated if it's necessary to satisfy the IOC. Whether you're a man or a woman, Mm. whether you're older or younger, 18 meters, you may have a chance, right? Just depends on whether all the the, uh, stars align. So I think this is going to be a very good, interesting thing and very good for archery in general, not just compound archery, not just recurve archery. Another opportunity to raise the profile of our sport and make it even more accessible to more people. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I think I think it's funny, right? We talk about an open competition and from from the young shooters to the old shooters, you know, the thing that comes into my head is old enough to know better but still too young to care. I think sometimes these young guys, these young archers, they just haven't they haven't wanted it for so long that they've created the pressure element for them. That's not I'm not taking away anything from them. No. I just think um, when you're young, you're strong, you're confident, and you just haven't been like reaching for that for very for as long. Yeah. And so, it it wouldn't surprise me one bit for a young. That's the biggest stage in the world right now. I mean, yeah. if you want to compare something to what the Olympics is, it's that line in Las Vegas. Very much so. so. Maybe even more so when you consider the way the crowd gets in, involved. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's certainly a, an element there. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how these things develop. Of course, there's still um, a lot of hoops to overcome. But uh, we have some important people pulling in our direction in the L.A. Organizing Committee. So hopefully things will work out well. I'm looking forward to seeing how things develop in the next two years, which is the window that we have to get this done. My question for you is, are you going to be the one that calls the games? I guess we'll see. (laughs) Will we see Compound Bow in the Olympic Games? We will know in the next couple of years. Politically, this is the time to do it because Dr. Professor Orr Erdner, who's a member of the International Olympic Committee and, of course, the president of World Archery, is going to be forced to retire from IOC due to age restrictions in the next couple of years after the Paris Games. So our best shot at having somebody in our, in our, uh, in our corner at the IOC, as well as now having somebody in our corner potentially at the L.A. Organizing Committee, which is really good news, this is the best time we could possibly have to get compounded in the Olympic Games. It's very exciting, very exciting what could be. I can only imagine how many people will be diving in a thousand percent on becoming awesome at indoor archery. It'd be really interesting to see some of the countries who typically you don't see shooting a lot of indoor. Yeah. Looking at the Latin American countries. Looking at you, Japan. Yeah, a lot of the Asian countries. They start jumping into indoor and now... Think of what that does for other tournaments. Tournaments like Vegas, Lancaster Classic, they benefit from that too. And then all of archery does. All of archery does. And that was the bottom line. 